0: Precious Heavenly Father, have a mercy on us, for we have failed again. We had our highest number of new COVID-19 cases yesterday. Have a mercy on us, for many of us in our country and our state don't know how to use our freedom. Teach us how to use our freedom for the good and the needs of our neighbors. Help us understand how precious life is, especially in the light of your love. Holy Spirit, comfort us today with your words so that we can comfort others in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's continue to read 2 Corinthians. We will read chapter 4, 7 to 15. Chapter 4, 7 to 15. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that these all surpassing powers is from God, not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be also revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death, for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body, so that death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of our faith, we also believe, therefore speak. Because we know that one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us, with Jesus and present us with you to Himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Passages like today, especially uh, verse 7, is so beautiful that I rather spend time memorizing it than speaking about it. But at the same time, this confession of a Paul is so irresistibly attractive and relevant to our life as a followers of a Christ and the comforters of the Holy Spirit. So I'm a little bit disorganized this morning because it's overwhelming. The passage is all overwhelming and taking me to every direction. And I try to resist, but uh, this uh, theme of a jar of clay, let me point it out, uh, three things. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm a preacher. I'm a Baptist preacher. So I come with uh, three points all the time. Tr- Trinitarian sermon, you may call. And so three, three things that I want to talk about from this passage is a paradox, power, and prestige. It's three pieces. Paradox, power, and prestige. Paradox. Paul here comparing Christian life and mission to jar of clay with a great treasure. Clay, jar of clay and great treasure. It means we are paradox. We are weak yet wonderful. Paul compared our weakness to jar of clay. Clay pots are overabundant in ancient Near East. They are common, unimportant, temporary, and expendable. If a a clay jar broke, broke, you did not try to fix it. You just discard it and replace it. So Paul does not say this treasure is contained in gold treasure boxes. The treasure of the gospel message is held in clay jars. This is how Paul describes himself. And it is how we must understand ourselves. Paul does not say, he is such a unique work of God, worthy of our highest values, or masterpiece, or super apostle later, you know. He dubbed himself, in, as others called in this, uh, chapter 11. But Paul said, he is a clay jar among many clay jars, carrying the treasure of the gospel. The significance of his life and our life comes from not the container, but the content. So before I comment on the worthiness of uh, this treasure in clay jar, which is about power and the prestige, uh, Paul's picture of a human life uh, as a clay jar with a great treasure reminds me of the comments of Blaise Pascal, uh, the famous French mathematician and, and thinker, Christian, you know, apologist. Uh, in his book, Pansay, you know, uh, Pascal said Christianity deserves uh, respect because Christianity renders a honest yet hopeful picture of humanity. All other human religions and philosophies make humans either too good or too bad, too optimistic or too pessimistic. Some... Like a Platonism, make a humans almost like a god, divine, and others like a today's a communism or material atheism, make a humans nothing but another animal species. Look at it very pessimistically. Christianity shows a realistic yet revolutionary picture of humanity. So, Blaise Pascal said this: quote, "Man is only a reed, the weakest in nature." But he is a thinking reed. There is no need for the whole universe to take up arms to crush it. A vapor, a drop of water is enough to kill him. But even if universe were to crush him, man would be still nobler than his slayer because he knows that he is dying and the advantage the universe has over him. Universe knows none of this. Pascal was saying that humans is a greater. Humans are greater than universe, because we have a God-given ability and gift of thinking. You know, philosophers actually love this quote of Blaise Pascal, and I I found some secular philosophical website. They all quote, and this is a call of philosophers. But just like Pascal's thinking, with Paul's job, clay. With the treasure brings us more than realistic and hopeful picture. It gives us a great comfort and mission. That mission is a power. You know, what kind of power do we have as a clay jar? And another is sort of a paradox. Paul said in verse 8 and 9, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are—we never fall in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not abundant. We struck down, but we are not destroyed. Man alive, this is so beautiful! I, you know, I'm—I made up my mind. I'm trying to memorize this, you know, rest of the day, and I encourage you to do so too. And Paul here, Paul is saying, actually, Christian life is not. Void of troubles and afflictions, even persecutions. Actually, if we follow Christ, just like Christ suffered, we will also suffer. So suffering is not optional for the followers of Christ. I repeat that. Suffering is not optional for the followers of Christ. It is part of following Christ. But our suffering is meaningful and glorious, is a powerful, It's a power. It's not that uh, we don't suffer, but we overcome suffering with the power of God, the transcending, all-surpassing power of God in us. So Paul is here saying, we may be knocked down, but we are never knocked out. These are not rhetorical or metaphorical words. These are real words historically happened to Paul. Later, when you look at the Paul's letter, the same letter, chapter eleven, Paul said, verse twenty-three said that I work harder. I've been in prison more frequently, and then been flogged more severely. Been exposed to death over and over again than more than anybody. Five times I received from the Jew, uh, Five times I received from the Jews forty lashes, minus one. Three times I was beaten with a rod. Once I was pelted with the stones, three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, danger in the country, in danger at the sea, danger from false believers. I have labored, toiled, have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and I have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. All this, Paul suffered for Christ. And Christ, the treasure in his heart, made him overcome all these challenges. Yes, this pandemic is hard, but this is a time for us to not shy away, from serving God, but actually encouraging others, serving others more than any time. Our suffering comes from God's sustaining power and then understanding the mission that he gave us. And then third point that I want to bring it out here is that prestige. Prestige. Paul is saying here later that verse 10 We always carry around in our body death of Jesus, so that life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. And then verse 12, he said, Death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Paul's suffering has an aim. He suffers with Christ and for Christ, but ultimately he suffers for Christ's bride, the church. And uh, Paul, this is not the first time he said, you know, he's a dying, yet he's a living. Yeah, yes, another paradox. Paul said in Philippians 1, for me, uh, for to me, to live is Christ, to die is again. Someone said it means living is a glorious, dying for Christ is even better. You know, Paul also said, it's one of the first letters, Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in my body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul, Paul, Paul suffered for the privilege and prestige of a serving church, even struggling, troublemaking church, like Corinthians. So let me sum up. Dear brothers and sisters, we are weak, like a jar of clay. We can be cracked easily. We can be hurt easily while we are carrying this precious content called the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you know, our God loves us and He is with us So I want us to remember the value of a clay pot is is decided by what it contains. And you and I, we contain and we carry the most and precious and glorious treasure of all. We are representing good and great Holy God. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Thank you for this wonderful word that comforts us. While I agree with Paul that we are nothing but uh, nothing but weak like jars of clay I also know you never treat us like a cheap expendable clay pot. Actually you treat us like treasures. We are your treasures. And we pray Lord whatever crack that our clay pot has will reveal